Our guest today is Yogesh Chapta, Head of Insights at WS Audiology. WS Audiology is a privately owned manufacturer of hearing aids with headquarters in Denmark and Singapore, with roots going back to 1878. The current company employs more than 11,000 people globally. Prior to joining WS Audiology, Yogesh has served as an Associate Director at Procter & Gamble, Global Director of Consumer and Market Insights at Amway, Global Director of Marketing Research and Analytics at Kimberly-Clark, Global Head of Always On Marketing at Spotify, Head of Insights at Pinterest, and Founder of Y2S Consulting. Welcome. Thank you for having me. Support for the Happy Market Research Podcast and the following message comes from Michigan State's Marketing Research Program and HubUX. I've done hundreds of interviews with today's top minds in market research. Many of them trace their roots to Michigan State's Marketing Research Program. Are you looking for a higher paying job to expand your professional network and to achieve your full potential in the world of market research? Today, the program has tracks for both full-time students and working professionals. They also provide career support, assisting students to win today's most sought after jobs. In fact, over 80% of Michigan State's marketing research students have accepted job offers six months prior to graduating. If you are looking to achieve your full potential, check out MSMU's program at broad.msu.edu slash marketing. WX is a research operations platform for private panel management, qualitative automation, including video audition questions, and surveys. For a limited time, user seats are free. If you'd like to learn more or create your own account, visit hubux.com. It is an honor. So this is being done in conjunction with Qual360. This is an in-person event that is scheduled for March 8, 2022. I am super excited about getting back in person. What do you think about that? I'm excited as well, even though we are all nervous about the fact that we have to worry about COVID and Omicron in particular, but I'm actually looking very forward to being able to see people in person and to present in person versus doing it over Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever. It's fun to do it that way, but seeing doing it in person is far better, right, in my opinion. So I miss tremendously that we had an event with QRCA that was canceled for January. I was uh, speaking at that. Uh, mm -hmm. here in, in California. It was a big bummer. I recognize that we have to be responsible, you know, relative to COVID and Omicron specifically, but yeah, this is going to be great. I'm hoping that it carries through and we're able to actually do this and it doesn't turn into another virtual event. I hope so too. And I, so long as people are vaccinated, that'll just make everyone's lives easier, of course, right? Everyone get vaccinated. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Public service announcement for everyone who listens to this podcast today. So. Yes. Totally. It's just the responsible thing to do. If I lose you as a listener, I apologize. But I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Anyway, that is not the topic for today. The topic actually, this is in conjunction with the Qual360 North America event. The title of that event is Empowering Insights Through Emotion. Your topic specifically is bringing tech to the qual party, mixing qualitative with advanced technology and analytics. So give us a sneak peek. Tell us about the uh, talk. As I was planning this presentation, and quite frankly, this is something that I've been thinking about for quite some time now, my big concern right now is that when I think about how qualitative research has been created and how it's being acted upon, you know, how it's being executed by vendors and by clients today, 
you know, we've seen a bit of a transformation. You know, we're seeing things like, you know, online interviews and all that kind of stuff, you know, driven primarily by COVID, of course. But there seems to have been a lack of innovation in the qualitative segment of the market research industry. Okay. And to me, when I think about how the world has shifted and how much disruption is happening today uh, across multiple industries, you know, WS audiology is not immune to disruption. We are either disrupting ourselves or are being disrupted in our world. I need the qualitative research segment to also disrupt itself to be able to provide the right kind of tools and capabilities that helps me run my business, right? So with that said, why? how does that connect with tech? There are two things or three things that are connected to the quality of space that I think are really important. One is that access to consumers is becoming more of a challenge. You know, you have companies like Pinterest or Spotify or others, you know, in the tech space who have, you know, first party data or walled gardens. That's a, that's a terminology that's becoming more and more common today, which means that they can actually use data analytics to mine their own consumers' data in a very big way to identify insights. You don't necessarily need to do qualitative research in that context. On the flip side, you also have other companies that are providing machine learning and AI capabilities that can mine social media posts in at scale, and you can actually take posts and be able to mine that information and be able to categorize it and actually you know quantify it to a certain degree and be able to identify insights. So if those two things are already happening today, right, what space is qualitative research in the traditional sense, IDIs, focus groups, exploratory research, optimization research going to play when you have all these things happening already around you? The space is becoming narrower and narrower, and that's why I'm worried. So with that said, my hope is that by me presenting this talk on March 8th, I'd like to show some examples of how I've been using some of these tech capabilities to help mine data, either from a machine learning AI perspective, or even if I was to do uh, IDIs, I'm able to come up with solutions that are helping me at WS Audiology in a fairly big way. And I'm able to somewhat you know, bring the organization along even with, you know, quote unquote, qualitative information because I'm connecting it in to modeling capabilities and machine learning capabilities that gives everybody the confidence to say, oh, okay, you know, we learned these things qualitatively, but we are now, we have the confidence from the quote unquote quantitative side to be able to know that what we're doing is the right thing to go to kind of thing. Let me just uh, quickly end this by saying that I'm not against qualitative research. I love qualitative research. I'm not trying to put anybody down, uh, any vendor or any clients down. I'm just saying that we need to innovate and we need to start innovating quickly because we are getting disrupted. And given that, it's important for us to come up with new capabilities that helps companies like mine be able to solve for for problems that I'm facing. You know, I'm now working in the voice space in a way because it's about hearing aids. But in my past, you know, I've used image analytics and text analytics to be able to solve for problems that I didn't need to necessarily go and use qualitative research for. I could have solved it through other tools, basically. 
So let me stop there. You tell me if that makes sense or not, Jamin, and we can go from there. <laughs> yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. I, and I have not actually heard it framed that way in terms of qualitative research getting narrower and narrower, but it is interesting. And I guess I actually think categorically market research is getting narrower and narrower. You know, data utilization is increasing. So we're seeing the total utilization space increase, which means we are seeing growth in market research as a category, but like proportionally, we're seeing less growth relative to, you know, CX, UX, mm -hmm and uh, data science. But anyway, the thing that I that really strikes me is that, you know, surveys, you know, they they're conversations at scale, meaning that they're a poor substitute for actually a human connection. But they're a necessary evil because, you know, we can't talk to 10,000 people. What is amazing is that modern companies have so much data on their users that to your point, like it's just a lot better for them to be able to just look at the behavioral data in order to make decisions on what's working and what's not working. Qualitative research, of course, fills that that void as to the the why. Are you seeing like when you think about the disruption that qualitative research needs to happen? Like, is there a specific area or technology that you think is missing? Yes, there there is there are some gaps that exist today, in my opinion. Part of the problem that we're going to face as an industry is that again we're becoming, you know, um, single capability-oriented companies. You know, one company offers X, somebody else offers Y, somebody else offers Z as an option, right? And it falls on the client then to connect the dots across the three. I do think that the need for integration is going to become higher and higher. So let me give you an example. If I have a company that's offering me voice analytics today from a customer experience platform perspective, and then I have another company that's offering me image analytics as another option, you know, where they're analyzing pictures from Instagram, for example, there are companies that do that, for example, how do I then start thinking about connecting all those things together? So I'm able to see things. It may sound like ludicrous. What does voice and image have to do with each other? But the reality is, is that, you know, if you're thinking about doing some sort of like, you know, brainstorming or ideation session, you know, where you want to be able to analyze information at scale, that could be an interesting place for people to go play and, and if they were off, able to offer a, a, an integrated tool in that particular example. Another simple thing that I point out to people all the time is when you think about focus groups and you have seven people in a room who are being interviewed by a moderator, we all know and we all have experienced the fact that you, know, you have three to four of the seven or eight people who tend to dominate the time and the other people are listening patiently. They may be looking at facial expressions or whatever, and depending on who's in the back room or the moderator may or may not capture all that kind of information and it may be in passing in some cases but today with you know image recognition and you know facial recognition capabilities imagine if you're able to capture everyone's information as they're reacting to somebody talking in a room right things like that where you could potentially be able to capture more information might be interesting again i'm not saying that this is a big idea but i'm just trying to point out that there are gaps today in terms of how much information is not being captured or, or is being lost, simply because we, we're doing things, quote unquote, the traditional way. And, and you're right. There is a tremendous amount of loss of data utilization, even down to like survey data. Mm -hmm. Billions of completes are done on survey platforms. Open-ended responses are asked, or questions are asked. Why did you say that, et cetera? And that data, because you have you know 10,000 responses of people that ask that, you know, there's oftentimes, you know, a subset, maybe they'll look at 100 responses, but most of that data is actually lost. It's a huge opportunity. And then when you layer into that video open-ins, which is a huge growth area in consumer insights, 
So think mm -hmm. about like, you know, that same question, but now a video response. Again, there's not somebody who's generating a highlight reel of those responses uh, or analyzing the emotional, the facial recognition or the NLP at scale. And so it's a really interesting, <laughs> it's a, I can't wait for your talk. I'm, I'm super excited about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm excited too. So, <laughs> so let's talk about, let's talk about the space of consumer insights. What do you see as some of the biggest or the biggest issue that we're facing today? Yeah, I think the biggest issue. So let me speak about it from a client side, then I'll speak about it from a vendor side as well. So on the client side, I would say that there are a couple of things that are going on. One, you know, most CPG companies traditionally have, you know, sizable, you know, consumer insights functions. There are companies like, you know, uh, where I'm at right now, where they're starting to build out an insights function. But the reality is in both scenarios, I'm not 100% convinced that we necessarily have a seat at the table with the key decision makers all the time. Partially, that's being driven by the fact that we are, you know, we are unable to get the right information to the decision makers in a timely manner. That's still an issue. And then the second part of it is the value that you're really bringing to the party, right? You only get a seat if you're adding value to those conversations. And I think there's a major gap there still today. I wouldn't say that, you know, we, uh, our industry has necessarily, you know, won that completely. On the vendor side, I will say two things. I still see a lot of people who think traditionally about insights. And given the, the degree of disruption that's going on today, people need to embra embrace technology and analytics and data science much more closely than we have until now. And quite frankly speaking, if you look at so many people who have become independents, I would actually argue and say that there's actually an oversupply of moderators and, you know, quote unquote, generalists that are out there who are probably struggling because of the fact that they, you know, that the world has moved past them. And I know that sounds really harsh. I know I kind of found myself in that situation a few years ago myself. So my ask to everyone would be that retool yourself because disruption is already happening and it's and you need to be part of the disruption you can't be left behind yeah there's this connection between the company needs to disrupt itself in order to stay relevant and similarly we as humans need to go through that exact same exercise yes absolutely you know and this is going to sound so like cliche when I, about what i'm going to say next but about 10 years ago i was thinking about writing a book okay and i had the title of the book i never wrote the book and then in the last two years, you know, I now some, some, somehow wonder whether I should even write the book now, especially after what happened with COVID. But the title of the book was called In Search of Normal. I was thinking about this 10 years ago, because as I was looking at the fourth industrial revolution that's going on already, and how things like the Internet of Things has become such a big deal, you know, blockchain has become such a big deal. AI has become such a big deal, you know, and I can keep going on and on in terms of other things, you know, that are disrupting around us. It's going to change the set of expectations consumers have. It's going to change the experience levels that people have. And it won't be the same sets of experience that everyone has at the same time. So given that, it was, it's really important for us as an insights organization or as an insights industry that if we want to be relevant and if we want to add value, we have to embrace these disruptions that are coming up around us and start mapping out what the opportunities really are from that and start helping organizations see what can happen if you're providing that kind of value uh, moving forward versus us 
sticking to our traditional tools and saying that this is how we do it and this is the representative sample and so and so forth. That's not the surefire way of success anymore. It is interesting for me being in this space for two and a half decades. You know, it used to be the case that you didn't have to disrupt yourself, but maybe once in your career. And Mm -hmm. now the rate of change is so high with, I mean, just thinking about the requirement of digitizing market research uh, from a process Mm -hmm. perspective, it feels like we have to do some level of disruption on an annual basis. Yes, you do. And that's the scary part, isn't it? Which basically means that, you know, uh, we think that our education stops after we graduate from, you know, university. Well, uh, and maybe the first four or five years of your, you know, career when you're still learning about how to work in the real world, so quote unquote, I would say that today you have to be a continuous learner. You cannot stop. doesn't matter how old you are. You know, um, Jamin, I'm I'm like you. I've, I've, I've been in the industry for two and a half decades plus as well. And, you know, my eyes literally opened up back in 2013 when I realized about all these things called, you know, like the Internet of Things and blockchain and AI and all that stuff. When I was in the corporate world back then, my mind was completely not even aware of these things, to be honest with you. But only once I started my consulting company and I started, you know, having to search for clients and I started seeing all these things happening, that's when I got like, wow, there's so much that we could be doing if we just position and create the right kinds of tools to offer you know, uh, companies. I'm not that smart to create those tools, but I'm quite certain there are lots of smart people in our industry who could create those tools and make a lot of money doing it, basically. So my last question, what is your personal motto? <laughs> you know, I have uh, one that has uh, stuck with me since I actually started you know, working back in the early 90s. It's basically insight to action. That's it. You know, be clear about what is it that you're finding out and are you able to drive action from it or not? If you're unable to, you know, do that, then the insight's worth nothing. Our guest today has been Yogesh Chabda, Head of Insights at WS Audiology. Thank you very much for joining us, sir. Thank you so much for having me. Everyone else, this episode was made possible by Qual360. I hope you will join us in Washington, D.C., March 8th through Wednesday, March 9th, 2022, Empowering Insights Through Emotions. Have a great rest of your day.